The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of our podcast. And hope you're having a great week so far. We're so glad you've taken time to join us today as we continue in our study in the book of Ephesians. If you're following along with us, we're going to finish the book of Ephesians chapter 4 today. So we'll be in verse 31 and 32 of Ephesians. In these last few verses, uh, normally one chunk of scripture, we would, uh, we've decided to break up over several episodes because we think each one of these individual verses carried with it so much information. And these last two verses really kind of uh, surmise what we've been reading. It started talking about the way we, you know, we don't be angry and sin not, um, don't be stealing, let no corrupt communication, grieve not the Holy Spirit. It all comes down to a synopsis in these last two verses. And this synopsis really breaks itself from one extreme to the other. The first extreme is the aspect of anger. Um, that uh, he's saying, don't be consumed with anger, but be different. So let's go ahead and look at these two verses and unpack them for the next couple of minutes. In verse 31, Ephesians 4, Paul says this, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you." This is what he's encouraging. He's encouraging encouraging us to be kind. Now, let me go back and mention one thing that we've said a couple times as we study through this. Um, The one thing we have to recognize, again, this is the Apostle Paul who, who wrote in Corinthians later. He says that there's this battle. The things that I should do, I find myself not doing. Those things that I should not do, I find myself doing. He has acknowledged in Scripture that there is this battle between that old man and us, that part that we had when we got saved that never left, that that human side that is just natural, has a natural bent to wrong, to anger, to frustration, to all of these things. We got saved, we gained the Holy Spirit. We didn't eliminate that part of us that did wrong, we just gained the Holy Spirit to help guide that. And we will be whatever side we feed. If we're bringing into our lives, we're reading things and listening to things and, and watching things that, that encourage a certain th- thought pattern or lifestyle, well, we will probably follow after that. If we're listening to mu- listening to things that are angry or frustration, we'll find that way. You get to a certain news broadcast, it angers you, you're probably going to find yourself angry. If you are filling your, your mind with things that are good, you're filling your mind with things that are lovely and just, as Paul told us in Philippians, think on these things. You have to pre them in before you can think on them. You'll become like that. So you need to feed, as we say, kind of feed and, and lead, fill into the leading of the right direction, the good things. And But he tells us in these verses, what I want us to um, look at before we break down what, each one of these different words. He says at the end of verse 31, he starts off with, let all, it's a command. He tell me see the word let in the New Testament. Generally, it's a command. So he's commanding us to put aside these things. He says in the end of verse 31, put away from you. It is this what you see when you're told to do something, to put it away. It's not something that, this is something we will choose to do. We are growing. We are new. We are the new person. We're growing in Christ. But there's still our natural tendency. We have to choose what we're going to do. God will lead us. The Holy Spirit, he's told us not to grieve, not the Holy Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit. We can choose it. I will choose to follow the Holy Spirit. I will choose to follow my natural bent. Choose to follow the things in my life that I well, should not be doing. And it is a choice that I will make. And so he tells me to put away those things. It's similar to what I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. It's similar to what, what they said in Hebrews, that it tells us to lay aside every weight 
and the sin which easily besets us. These are things that we choose to do, things in our life that we know are there that are hindering us, that are slowing us down. And he's telling us to lay those things aside. So let's look at the, this verse 31 and let's see just a couple quick things about what he's telling us to lay aside. Bitterness. We mentioned earlier that anger that has not been dealt with will become bitterness. And bitterness is an evil, evil. I think the best way to describe bitterness today, it's a cancer. It starts inside. It's created all kinds of damage before most of us even realize its existence. And it's simply because we haven't dealt with something that's brought it. And then, and we're told that Hebrews, if we don't let careful with Hebrews, careful with bitterness, it'll grow and defile others. It'll defile our relationships. It'll defile those, defile those around us. And down the road, it may defile the way people want to keep their distance from us because of it. This is part of it. Our bitterness can cause all kinds of grief and, and limit relationships and things of that nature if we're not careful with it. But it will. If I allow bitterness to grow in my life, it will affect my kids. My kids will either become bitter at me or at life or things of that nature. I need to, we need to be careful to put that aside. But then he continues. He says bitterness and then wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking. He says in these things that basically we, you know, there, there is a point to be angry. Certain circumstances, obviously, it makes sense. But don't become an angry person because angry person builds into bitterness and wrath. And it, it just, it grows and it can happen. And this is what Satan wants. Satan wants us to be bitter. Satan wants us to be angry. Satan wants us to live our life angry at people who have legitimately hurt us. But I ask the question, if I live my life angry at someone who's legitimately hurt me, am I living in freedom? I'm living under the bondage of that person who either didn't know they did it or doesn't care. doesn't matter. I need to forgive. You say, well, they haven't asked me to forgive. Well, that's a different conversation. And true reconciliation requires both sides. But I'm going to forgive them anyway and move on because it doesn't matter. I'm not going to live in anger and hold on to something because I feel like I have a right because it's only imprisoning me. Then he goes in verse 32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. He says be kind, be tenderhearted, recognize, be sensitive to what's really going on, forgiving one another. He states that this is an absolute necessity. Now, the truth is true reconciliation does not come until somebody asks for. You know, God says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Did you know the Bible also knows that, on the, and the Bible teaches us that on the cross, he forgave everyone. Everyone. The question is, will they accept that forgiveness? When Paul came to Jesus, or Peter came to Jesus, how many times should I forgive somebody? And Jesus said 70 times 7. I don't hear him saying if they've come back and asked for forgiveness 70 times 7. If they've hurt me, how many times do I do it? The simple point is this. Here's how I view it. This is my perspective. I, I, I think forgiveness is less to do with the person who hurt you and more to do with you. All right, so if someone hurts you, legitimately, but they will not ever acknowledge it. They won't ask for forgiveness. They won't get those things right. So are you to then live hurt the rest of your life because of what someone else did? I mean, it literally puts all of your life and freedom and pain in the hands of what is either an unsaved or carnal Christian. To me, I'm going to forgive those actions because forgiveness is not about that person. If that person comes asking for forgiveness, we need to offer it because it releases them. But it also, forgiveness really before that releases me. If I forgive them, I'm no longer living with anger. I'm no longer living with bitterness. I'm no longer allowing that circumstance to define me. I'm no longer allowing that circumstance to control me. And by the way, failure to forgive and letting it grow into bitterness will define you. You'll be defined as the person who and whatever it is you're angered by. And that will be your definition of yourself. I have a right to be like this because of, and probably a very legitimate hurt. 
that wasn't how God intended it to be. I mean, think about Jesus on the cross. He hung there, forgiving the people who had beaten him, had pulled his beard out, who were mocking him. And he says, Father, forgive them. They do not really know, they do, for they know not what they do. They don't understand what's really going on here. And he forgave all of us. It's finished. That was the point of going to the cross. He says we need to be like that for, for Christ, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. I'm not usually the, kind of, the type of preacher who says I need to live a certain way because of all that God's done for me. I think we should, but I think it's an obligation. I think the level point is we'll never be like Christ. And if we say, I do this just to be like Christ, God tells us we're supposed to be like Christ. But it's easier for us to say, I'll never be as good as Christ. Don't try this. Um, I should live for Christ because I love him. I'm not obligated to Christ. I love him. I serve him. That's the premise of this. But in this situation, I recognize how much I have been forgiven and how much I'm forgiven on a daily basis. God is saying it's better I forgive in the same way I have been forgiven. I think it's one of the greatest ways to show Christ's love to others, just to offer them something they don't deserve, in that case, forgiveness, even if they don't. So the next time you see them, they walk in, they may think, ah, oh, look, you know, I've got them. Maybe they're that, that kind of person. Or they're nervous to be around you because they haven't reconciled. And you say, you know, you're able to move on with that relationship because you've already done what is the right thing to do. Not easy thing to do, but the right thing to do. So I encourage you to consider this thought. Don't let anger and all of these things be what define you. Let kindness be what define you. And I guarantee you, you say, well, someone's going to take advantage of me. Probably. But I'd rather be known as a kind person that maybe once in a while is taken advantage of, an angry person that no one wants to be around, doesn't show the love of God. I, I, I'd rather be that other way. Be gracious. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. It'll talk about what true love looks like. May that be our testimony in a world looking for something that is, the world is full of hate, and may we show them something that is so unique, so Christ-like, that they would definitely something something different in you and in, and in your church. Well, thanks for joining us this morning on this Tuesday morning. Greatly appreciate the privilege you give to me. Be part of your day. I hope it's a help. hope it's an encouragement. I know thoughts like today are more of a challenge than anything. We know in fulfilled with the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish this, and we'll look forward to how God will use these truths. Thanks for joining us today. We'll hope you join us again tomorrow.